joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blissful Living. I am Rochelle Marie Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous, your host for an extraordinary show today. And today we're going to talk to Don Marie Mutel, who's the founder and CEO of Life Necessities and Luxuries, Home, Body, Soul, and Lifestyle Business. And now what Don is going to share with us is we all have these issues around wardrobe and image therapy and, you know, our, our image, how we look and how we feel and what we wear and how what we wear equates to the message that we're conveying to others that see us. And so she's going to enlighten us and share her words of wisdom and some tips and help us to, you know, probably feel a lot better when we make our clothing choices and um, feel more confident with what we're wearing and, and how, we perce- how we're perceived by others. So I want to just take this time right now to welcome Don Marie Mutel to Blissful Living. Welcome, Don. Hi. How are you today? Oh, just fabulous, but then that's how I roll every day. So <laughs> I want to jump in just because I love to shop, and um, I do have a fetish. I have a shoe fetish, so I would say I am not necessarily addicted to shoes, but hmm, probably that would be the right word. Um I am addicted to shoes, but I love shopping. I I love clothes. I love style. I love fashion. I was in the industry a long time ago, and um, one of my my daughters, she's um, a model, and and so I've always been surrounded by fashion, and I know that fashion has a lot to do with how we're perceived in the business world as well as the personal world, and I know people have a lot of um, problems or challenges or hang-ups about that. So I just want to jump right in because this is going to be such a yummy topic. And for you guys out there listening, if you want to take time to pull up a chair and pull out a pen and some paper because there are going to be tips for men and women. I'm sure she's going to share her wisdom for both sexes. Um, This might be a good time to just pull up that chair and get that paper and pencil out and be ready to take notes. Dawn, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about, I know back in the day it used to be like wardrobe consultants is what they were called, but it's really much more than that. And I think it goes more along the lines of an image consultant. Can you just explain to the listeners exactly what an image consultant or an image therapist uh, is really all about? Sure. I actually get that question quite often. Um, What we do is we help men and women achieve their image goals and personality by helping them build their confidence level to looking and feeling their best, and also to help them reach their internal goals so that they can live the tr- their truest and happiest lives. Um, we help you put your, your best foot forward so that when you go and you get dressed in the morning, you know you're always going to look pulled together. You're going to have your best foot forward, whether you're looking for a new career or you're looking for a new romantic partner, or maybe you just want to get a promotion at your current job. 
We help teach you, like, which colors look best and flatter you the most. The silhouettes that you should wear for your particular body types, the certain patterns, the size of patterns, the accessories that you wear, that's going to make you look your best. Um, and I also, I work with all budgets. People think that, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm going to deal with a stylist. And most people think of having a stylist, you need to be a celebrity. But that's not what we do. I, I work with all kinds of budgets. I myself shop from anywhere from flea markets to Goodwill stores to uh, Targets and then, you know, any other boutique in between. Um, I always find that it's a matter of, when you wear something that you love it, and it's a reflection of your personality. Um, I know we all have lives and we have jobs to go to, and there's certain things you can wear and things you can't wear. And I noticed that uh, more and more with the business casual days at work, um, people seem to be going a little too casual. I think well, people know, are losing. Well, yeah, they. I, you know, I know um, that, you know, back in um, when I first got my you know, first job, say, in the, I guess it was the corporate world. It was very um, structured, meaning, um, you know, suits and your dresses had to be, uh, you know, knee length or longer. And, you had know, to wear pantyhose. <laughs> right, you had to wear pantyhose, your pumps. Mm-hmm. And I used to like to, I, I like I said, I've always been into shoes, so I had these red pumps that I would wear. And, you know, there was a connotation behind the red pumps, meaning for a lady of, <laughs> the night or whatever. I was like 18, 19 years old, but I was just dressing um, because I just had that kind of flash of style. You know, it was always appropriate, but it was just, you know, little comments you would hear from the guys teasing me. Today, you know, with um, the casual days, and, and, and I don't want to get into that just, just yet, but we're going to explore that. But, you know, it is it, the way people dress in the world today versus, I want to say, like in the 80s is, is actually a little bit more lax. Um, do you do you have a rationale as to why that evolved that way or any explanation? You know, I, I ask myself that question all the time because I, too, started my career in the 80s, or and I remember it being the same. It was very structured. I remember wearing suits to work, or even if it wasn't a suit, it was really well um, put together pieces that reflected the office space and that didn't show anything like too personalized. I mean, you could you could dress it up a little bit to your own personality with a scarf or a certain, what have you. It was always very um, professional. And then when I worked in the music business, I remember seeing people come into the office, especially uh, women, and they would have like, cut-off shorts, denim shorts. You could wear denim, but, you know, the, the things that they would come in with, uh, where, you know, bearing their midriffs. I just thought it was so inappropriate in the office because I'm thinking it's not your house, it's not school, it's it's a, a place of employment. And mm-hmm. I don't know when it changed. I know when they started doing more of this business casual, it used to be, you know, you had to have like a polo shirt and your khaki pants and things like that. But then it just seemed to get broken down where all of a sudden now you can wear flip-flops and people just started not really caring about their clothing anymore. And I think they just went to their closets and said, oh, I could wear this. I can get away with that. Instead of really thinking about where they were wearing it to. Right. And and it became acceptable. And it seems like everybody, no one's saying, oh, you really can't do that. There are still some companies out there, I think, that do have a little bit uh, more stringent dressing codes. But most places today, they really don't. You know, um, 
I, I, I don't know where, where I can't even give the timeline. I want to say somewhere in the maybe late 90s. Exactly. When it, when I, I think it changed a little bit, just from what I'm recalling in my own mind um, with regards to the Internet. I want to say when the Internet began, became into, came into our lives, that's a good point. You, know, you had these, you had these young, and you know, I'm here in out in North, Northern California, in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. You have these young, I don't know what they're called, millennials. I don't know the right term, but you know, and they they started these companies, and they just were extremely casual in how they dressed. And even though they were the founder or the CEO or the top dog in the company, you'd see them, and they just looked like the little boy going to college, you know, jeans, t-shirt, whatever. <laughs> And so I think that became, the, I think they maybe put something out there and it, and it just became a norm. But I also noticed that I've been in some large corporations and the management, some of the lower level management, the way they dress, and I'm being, a, I'm, I'm actually being a fashion turd or snob or whatever, is appalling to me because they're not setting an example for those their subordinates, and I'm thinking, you're the manager and you're dressing like this. No wonder people in the office look like crap. You know what I mean? Why, exactly. If I look somebody coming in to do business with you, why would I choose to do business with this person based on just my first impression of the look, which is how everyone is judged, right? So it's just, it's just really interesting how things have taken a turn. Now, you mentioned something when you were talking about, you know, just the image therapist and uh, fashion consultant and stylist and things of that nature. Is there a difference between the terms of image therapist, fashion consultant, or and stylist? Is there a term? I mean, are there different things that each of those people do, or is it just different terms for the same, you know, the same type of everybody does the same thing, but they just call themselves something different? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I think we all have the same goal, and the goal is to make that person look their best whether you're doing it for film, TV, theater, or what have you, or you're just doing it for everyday life. Um, Some people like to call themselves uh, wardrobe consultants. Uh, Some people like to call themselves image consultants. Now, sometimes an image consultant deals a little bit more with uh, etiquette, so they may teach you how to sit at a table and how to host a party and how to, like, set the placements on your tables, so you can get more into that. A stylist necessarily wouldn't do that. Um, and then there's just coaching. Like if you're looking to have somebody coach you um, with your life and you're looking for something that's going to be a little more involved from the day-to-day, it's more than just your wardrobe. So it might be your home, decorating your interior of your home. Also, when you're traveling, you know, how do you how do you travel well? And especially if you travel a lot. I know a lot of women and men travel a lot for business. And it's easy to pack when you know you have a list of what you need to take with you. And everything is just one, two, three. You don't have to think about it. I have created these travel lists, which um, I give out to my clients because it's really helpful. And you don't have to think about, shoot, I forgot this. And I didn't pack that. And, oh, no, you know, and then you got to go find a place when you get to where your destination is and try to find it. Um, This way it helps you very quickly. So a consultant, I think, does a little bit more than just styling the outer body. Mm. Because, you know, you hear a lot about that in in particular the music industry. That's why I hear it a lot, you know, because my kids are in in their 20s. And um, 
you know, they, they're talking about a stylist. And even nowadays, um, a person that, you know, we used to call a beautician back in the day that did our hair, they're even now st- called stylists. Stylist. So you, you hear exactly. a lot about that. And it's really, I think, focused a lot on the outer appearance of the uh, the um, artist or the person that they're working with. But I've also um, come across people that do image consulting, excuse me, or image therapy, and they seem to, like what you described, have a, um, they go a little bit deeper into, you know, why a person should wear this or why you should wear this for your body type and, you know, the rationale behind it. I know that um, I had recently did some something with an image therapist, and I'm I'm pretty fashion savvy, uh, you know, but um, she put me in things that I would have never, ever, you know, put on myself or even would have thought about wearing colors and they just look fabulous. And it was like, and then she tell me, she explained the rationale behind it. And I was like, Oh wow. Cause I would have never, and I kept saying the whole day, I would have never, I would have never, I would have never worn this. I would have never put this together. But exactly. once she explained, you know, the rationale behind it, it was, um, it was very enlightening and it actually did go a lot deeper than just me looking good on the outside. It connected to me and how I was feeling on the inside and the image that I wanted to project for those that saw me. So it's very interesting. You know, you think about this, your your line of work, and you think, oh, she just puts clothes on people or she puts clothes together for people. But I think you guys do such a fabulous job, and it's so much deeper um, than anyone can ever imagine. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, I, when I have a, um, a discovery session with a client, I, I spend the first like 90 minutes with them just learning about them, learning about what they do, what their, what their lifestyle is like, how, how often do they work, how often do they go out with their friends and socialize, do they go to parties and events, and I then can understand what their needs are. Because some people, they just work and then they go home and they go to sleep and they don't go out at all. And there's other people who have a lot of children and they're always doing things with their children, so they don't necessarily have things to go out uh, to a special event per se, but they might have uh, events that are like school-based events. They might have to go to football games or soccer games and things like that where it's going to be a little bit more sporty um, and the other thing is, do people, do they want to have more socializing in their lives? Is that something that's a goal for them? For, like, that's why for the new year coming up. I mean, I think it's great if people know what they want for the new year coming because now I think it's a great time for you to plan what you want to, to achieve with your goals for that year. And I think um, helping them decide which direction they need to go. And most people think, oh, they need to do it, you know, spending three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000. I mean, you don't have to do it that way at all. I do a shopping in your closet session where I actually take them into their closets and we shop in their closets and I create new outfits for them in their homes so that sometimes they don't even have to go buy new clothing. They can use what they already have. But we can get into that again later on. Yeah, yeah, that would be um, fabulous to 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 discuss because um, I know a lot of people think that when they go to, you know, an um, image consultant like yourself that they, you know, better be ready to pony up a lot of cash to spend, you know, on a lot of things. And and for those of you out there listening, um, you know, Dawn Marie is saying, you know, hey, it, it's not all about you going out and buy a whole bunch of new stuff. She actually works with people 
and and works with them to see what they have that they can utilize in different ways that they may not even know, you know, know or even envision because that's not what we do. You know, that's what you do and that's what you see and you're the expert in that. So you guys keep listening because um, she's going to share some good stuff. Now, I want to move into um, body types. Um I know you see this, and I know the people out there listening see this, and guys, I know you see it too, where someone is wearing something that is totally not right for their body type. (laughs) (laughs) And that's putting it on the nice side. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, I mean, it's my show. I can take it anywhere I want to go, but I'm trying to keep it nice and trying to keep it positive. You know, right. but um, can you just explore or in get, enlighten us on, um, I want to say, some of the, the faux pas that we see out there and why people, well, maybe not so much why they do it, but how they can prevent themselves if they fall into these different body types, um, you know, because they don't, it's not, it's not pretty, you know what I mean, and and so I guess what I'm trying to say is can you explore the different body types and then the faux pas that you see and how they could correct those faux pas so they do not look like, mm, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, I see it all the time, and I want to pull women aside. It's usually more done with women than men. Um, men don't seem to have this problem so much, but women, I find, have this problem a little bit more. And I want to pull them aside and say, come here, honey, let me tell you something. Let me show you a couple of things that, you know, it'll change your world. Right. Um, you have uh, several different body types. You know, you have your, your, I call it the figure eight, which is, you know, the voluptuous woman who's very curvy. Um, and then you can have somebody who's like myself. I have an H, which I call the H shape, which is more, I have no hips. I'm just kind of straight through. Um, but there's tricks to changing up your body types and, and making them do what you want it to do. Um, and then you have the inverted triangle, which is you have a, a, sh- a broader shoulder and a narrow waist. Mm-hmm. And then you have, um, which I call, is, is just um, kind of like an oval shape where you're just kind of round and you don't have much shape. It's just kind of all kind of meshes together. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense? Yes, and it does. And there's so many different things that you can do uh, with that. For instance, um, women who are larger on the top um, and they want to appear thinner, they can actually take, like, a shorter jacket so that it kind of gives them more of a waistline. You know, like those nice shorter jackets. Uh It'll cinch in your waist, and if you wear a fuller skirt, it just makes you appear thinner. Um, people who are larger size, like plus-size women, they are very afraid of using belts. And belts are actually your friend. When you want to have more of a cinched waist, you apply that belt, and you would use a wider belt because now all of a sudden, again, it narrows your waistline. Um, Mm. If you're a very tall woman and you want to reduce your height, then you can do something that uh, with patterns, where you might have, um, instead of, if you want to accentuate your height, then you would wear something that would have, like, vertical lines going up and down so that you just could appear taller. You can also do that if you're shorter and you want to appear taller. 
Um, but also it's very important to know the scale of the patterns that you use. If you're a petite woman, you don't want to make large patterns on your body or large accessories. You're going to get lost in it. Whereas if you're a larger woman, you're going to want to have some pieces of accessories that are a little bit chunkier, a little bit larger, so that they don't get lost in you. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. What, you know, um, I'm, I'm just going to throw out some... Um, some gals out there that everybody is know, knows and and is really pretty familiar with, and um, and you know how they dress and and how of course I know they have you know image therapists and all that kind of stuff, but how they dress and how they really accentuate what they have, you know, their goodies so to speak, and mm-hmm. and those that lack the goodies, how they still look really fabulous. And the top one that comes to mind is my girl Kim Kardashian. Now I know she's. I would think she's more of like a voluptuous type of girl. Am I correct? Yes, that's correct. And the way she, uh, not everything she wears, but, you know, a lot of times she really looks really nice. Uh, she It seems like she accentuates what she needs to and she tames down what she don't doesn't need to accentuate. Um, what would you say to girls that, that have that type of body type, um, you know, that may not be, say, 30-something, but maybe a little older, how can they still accentuate what they have in a nice manner and, and professional-looking um, without looking like, you know, a treat, a cheap floozy, as they used to say back in the day? Right. I mean, when you <laughs> mentioned Kim, right away, to me, it, she likes to draw the attention to her full-size booty and her <laughs> full-size bosom, you know, and I think because she's known for that, so I think she accentuates it even more. Right. Whereas now, other women, I think they want to have that accentuated, but they may not feel comfortable being that sexy on a mm-hmm. day-to-day basis. Um, and I also think it is it depends on your age. Um, I see a lot of women that are dressing very age-appropriately. Um, I feel that if you're over 40 then that's when things should get toned down a bit. And I don't think you should look frumpy by any means, but you shouldn't try to look like you're 20 because it just makes you look foolish, I think. And I think it's a turnoff to to women and men when they look at them because they're not realizing that mm, you could have done it a different way and you'd still be really attractive and still look really sexy, but not foolish. Right. Um, Now, I think something like if somebody has a, you know, a great derriere and they want to show it off, they would just, you know, you can always wear an A-line skirt, and I think A-line skirts work really well with most body types. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on, again, on your size. And if you're a full-size woman, you can still wear that. Yeah, but you might want to have something with a jacket, whereas you don't have um, a super tight uh, mallet on or something with it where it may not look appropriate. Right. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying on that? Yeah. So you're saying that, you, for instance, say if you have a body type like a, I'm going to say Kim Kardashian, but you're 40 plus, you can still look really uh, appealing by putting on an A-line skirt with a, a nice jacket and still, and, and it's something that you can wear in the office so you look professional, you don't look slutty, um, but you, exactly. you, you you can be comfortable in your in, in the perception that people, when they see you, is going to be like she's very well put together. She's accentuating all the pieces without being 
out there, you know, over the top. Right. <laughs> right. Now, what about a person exactly. with a body? What about a person with a body type like, say, Cameron Diaz, who's pretty much, you know, thin, long, you know, pretty, you know, no curvature at all? What would you say to um, gals that look like that? Um, I add a lot of flounce, um, for instance, because it's my body type. I actually um, would add a skirt that has. Uh, some kind of movement at the bottom so that it kind of swings and flows. It's not straight lined. Uh, I also wear things that are a little bit more um, extra details in them. So like, uh, for instance, I am very small busted. So when I wear tops, I usually have something that has a little bit more of a ruffle on the top or a little bit more ruching so that it gives the appearance that you're a little larger on the top. Um, and you could also wear things that, like, I love, like, those little leather jackets that kind of cinch at the waist because mm-hmm. those always seem to have, like, some extra little details in them. So I always wear a little bit more layering as well, which always makes gives you the appearance that you have a little bit more of fullness to your body. Mm-hmm. So I stay away from things that are just, um, stick straight or... Um, like jumpsuits, believe it or not, I'm so glad that they're coming back because they're actually a great piece to wear if you have that H shape because they usually have a cinching at the waist and they usually have a little bit more bagginess in the legs so that your legs look a little bit fuller. Some of them come in like halter tops and things like that, so it's, it's really fun. And then you can throw in a cute little jacket on top of it and it just looks really great. I'm glad they're coming back too because they were gone. They've been gone for so long. And, and so I long. So doggone cute, too. Uh, okay, I'm getting back off topic. Topic now. <laughs> Can you tell? This is, like, so exciting for me. It's like being a girl in the candy store, but that is with clothes and shoes and stuff. Um, the other body type I wanted to mention, because I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, accommodate everybody or, you know, somewhat variants of all, would be a gal like Kirstie Alley, who I love her because she embraces what she has, She's not trying to be skinny. She's not trying to because you know the majority of the people are not skinny. You know, no, and the right. majority of people are not size twos like they you know portray in Hollywood and all over the music industry and stuff. They're really most of us are normal size people, eight, ten, twelves, and so on. And so okay. I love Kirstie out. I've always liked her to begin with because she just tells it like it is, and that's the kind of gal I am. But the way she just embraces what what is hers, and she's not trying to be or fit in that Hollywood mold anymore. She's been there, done that. What would you say to gals that have that type of body type that, you know, um, to give them some, you know, some words of wisdom, so to speak? Well, I I usually like to see them, again, it's also in that flowing uh, mode. Like, I think of um, Meryl Streep now. She's not a very large woman, but she's also not a very thin woman. And every time I see her, she just looks amazing in everything she wears. So I don't know who her stylist is. I'm going to have to look that up. But she, she does a great job for her. Um, I would use draping fabrics that have a softer style. Um, they have some more of a curved line to them. Um, she might want to wear something that has a lower f- uh, front closure at the top of the of the blouse or the um, the top that she's wearing, something that's also a little bit longer length rather than a shorter length because that will take away from the, the eye will go a little further down. It won't go right to the areas that might be a little bit more full. Mm-hmm. Um, 
also, again, wearing the belt because it kind of cuts you in half instead of having it all kind of running into one another. You can actually accentuate your waistline. Um, go with something that has a – I would use less patterns. I would stay away from patterns because patterns on a larger woman seems to accentuate the largeness of her body type. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I usually go with more of a solids. Even a, monoc- a monochromatic looks really great because uh, all three colors, um, all items in one color looks mm. really nice on someone because it also, it, it's, a, it's a mind game where your eyes play with color sometimes. So like you're not going to want to do that bold pattern look, that bold block look because that's just going to accentuate any weight you might be trying to hide camouflage. Hmm. Okay, great. Thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing that. I, I, um, we're coming up to a point where I need to just acknowledge one of our sponsors. But when we come back from this acknowledgement, I want to uh, guys hang in there because I want I want her to address some of the, the the things that I see with guys as well. I mean, I I see some guys that are just whoa, very well put together, and then I see those just like the women that. Mm, 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 mm. And I think sometimes guys think, well, I'm just a guy; I can just get away with it, but. Mm, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna come back and address that as well as I wanna I wanna address um you know different colors that people you know different colors that you see people wear like the black and the all white and things of that nature as well as you know makeup and um, of course my favorite shoes so hang tight everyone I just want to take this time to acknowledge one of our fabulous sponsors which is Twenty One Drops Twenty One Drops is a modern essential oil company. And they believe that essential oils are the root of it all, benefiting the mind, the body, and the spirit. These highly fragrant and concentrated molecules that are extracted from the various parts of the plant, such as the leaves, the fruit, the wood, the seeds, and the flowers, represent a critical part of both the plant's immune system and its survival mechanisms. Now, why this is important to us is because plants and man have evolved alongside each other with the same chemistry for many, many, many thousands of years. And once these oils are either inhaled or absorbed into our bloodstream, they interact with our body, creating balance and wellness. And that is one of the principles or a principle that the science of aromatherapy is based upon. Now, at 21 Drops, they source all of their essential oils from organically grown herbs or plants that are collected sustainably from all over the globe. The result is they get the essential oil in their most purest, most effective, most therapeutic form. Now, they select essential oils for a particular reason. When they select their essential oils to be utilized, they they select them to be created into a customized, effective solution. And what they like to say is that they have solutions that help anything from headache to heartache. So 21 Drops captures the incredible power of these pure essential oils, not only to help us feel better, but help us to be better and help us to um, utilize the therapeutic purposes as a way of empowering us with our health and well-being. 21 Drops uses all 100% organic or wild-crafted plants for extracting their essential oils, and they shop all over the world, they get the best artisan uh, distillers from around the globe to create these beautiful, beautiful aromatherapy, therapeutic-grade essential oils that we can utilize every day in our lives. So if you're looking for an essential oil 
um, or you're looking for a customized blend, or you would like for them to create a customized blend for you, I highly suggest that you check out 21 Drops. And you can find them online at 21drops.com. That's the number 21, the word drops, with an S, dot com. And I guarantee that not only will you smell yummy, but you'll be creating a sense of balance and wellness within you. Now back to Dawn Marie and our fabulous topic that we're talking about today. And of course you guys know that my goal is to help you reduce or eliminate stress from all aspects of your life. And it's just not the daily grind stuff, but it's the little subtle things that you don't even think about that create stress for you. Like when you have to go in your closet to find something to wear for whatever it may be. Um, And if you're having challenges, weight challenges or you know, feel good or whatever the challenge may be, going in your closet to find something to wear can create a type of stress that you're not even aware about that really affects how you operate and and brings your body out of balance. And so I thought this would be a fabulous topic for us because, um, first of all, we haven't had anybody on the show to discuss this with us. And second of all, I see so many people out there that I know have struggled (laughs) When they went in their closet, because I can tell by the way they look and what they put together, whether it's appropriate or not. And so Don Marie is going to come back here and educate us more about the fabulous, fabulous topic we're talking about, which is image therapy and, and, and image consulting and, and, and being your best in what you decide to wear. Now, I wanted to um, jump to the topic of the guys. Because I've seen a lot of faux pas with guys, and I'm not just talking about the, you know, the casual stuff, um, but just, you know, the way they, some guys, I mean, they just don't piece their pieces together. And I'm, I'm going to go more into the professional corporate setting or the more professional world. You know, I see some guys put together, and their suits are like banging. I mean, they've got the suit, the tie, the shirt, the shoes, the hair, everything is looking fabulous, you know. Kudos to them. But then I also see the guys that, you know, fit in the different body types that we were talking about with the gals that they just don't look put together well. And um, they either look frumpy or they, I don't know, I don't know, you know, guys tend to be colorblind, so their colors are not matching or they've got the wrong texture with the wrong shirt, you know, that kind of stuff. What would you say about, say a guy like, mm, okay, has a body type like the actor, The Rock. I mean, they're really muscular and just, mm, I'm yummy to look at, you know, and and then you see them in this really, really tight suit. <laughs> Can you offer them some help? <laughs> the suit well, is you know, strangling in it, right? You know, but you know underneath that suit their body is banging, but the suit is like, looks like it's screaming for help. Um, well, you I think... <laughs> I think men have a really a really tough issue with this um, because, like, women can get separates. Sometimes when you're buying a suit, you can get a jacket that's this size, and then you can get your pants that, that are that size, and you can actually get it to work for your body. But most men's suits come in one size for, the, for your jacket and your pants. So I think unless they go have it custom-made, custom um, like a, a guy like The Rock, I'm sure he can't buy off the rack because his body <laughs> is so um, 
so buff that they yeah. don't make sizes for him. So I'm sure he's getting custom-made suits. And I think a lot of men should have um, custom-made items. I know that um, I have a friend of mine who has a, uh, a men's and women's um, custom-made shirts, and he's been doing it for many years out in New Jersey. And um, I always think it's an amazing thing to have something custom fit. Um, that's something I actually go through uh, with with the, with you as when I work with a client because um, not everything is meant to fit your body off the rack. Uh, I think when you buy something, most times you're going to have to have it altered, whether you just need to be taken it in a little bit, maybe you have to shorten the sleeve a little bit, uh, maybe the cat needs to be taken out a little bit uh, on the length, or it might need to be hemmed, but usually it's not going to fit you perfectly. There, there's no such thing as really the perfect fit when you buy off the rack. I think a lot of problem with men is that they don't care too much about doing the extra work involved in finding the right fit, the right colors. They don't really, I don't think they think about it that way. They just say, I need a shirt. Okay, I think I'm a 15 and a half neck. They go get something that they can find at Macy's or what have you. That's where I come in, and it's like I can help them so quickly. I mean, working with men I think are really easy because they – they don't really know. Like women, we, we love to shop. Most women do love to shop, uh, unless it's my sister who hates shopping, and I usually do all her shopping for her. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I always find her items, and, you know, she's like, oh, I wore this the other day, and people are like, oh, my God, it's so nice. And I'm like, oh, yeah, my sister, the stylist, got it for me. But <laughs> I'm like, Mary, you know, you need to start shopping, though. Um, especially because she lives in Michigan, and I, I live in Tampa. So, um but with men, I find it's really, it could be very simple. I mean, men's clothing, it's like they're so basic. It's shoes, slacks, and shirts, and jackets. And they don't have to venture off into, like, so many other different things. Maybe they need a tux or something like that for a black tie event. But that's very rare, and they could always rent one if they needed to. But um, I, I see a lot of guys today, they're wearing their, you know, baseball caps turned backwards, and they're just, and I cringe. Because I'm like, okay, you're out of college, you've been out of college for 20-something years, and you're still dressing like you're in college. Why? I think because they're just used to it. I don't think anyone's telling them, like, you know what, you really need to shape it up and <laughs> ship it out. Um, when I, when I, you know, like with my with, uh, my fiancé, thankfully, he's been, um, he was into clothing, so I didn't really have to worry about that. But I've I've had people in the past where I've had to give them some tips to say, you know, this is really a great way for you to dress and you'll look your best. And, and all of a sudden when they did, you could just see the difference immediately in how they walked and how they talked. And <laughs> just, right. it was night and day, the transformation. So I think with men, they just need to be a little bit more aware. And then I think once they become aware of it and they see that it is an issue, I think they're willing to change it. But it's just a matter of somebody breaking it to them gently to let them right. know that they're having an issue. Now, what about the gentleman? Okay, so I went from the, you know, mm, luscious body of the rock to um, a gentleman that, you know, um, hmm, trying to think of an actor that everyone would know that I can equate. I know we all know people like this. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to say John Goodman. Okay. He's probably, you know, the body type, I want to say, of a lot of, you know, guys that are in their late 40s that I see, uh, 50s. And and um, and not just the part that, you know, maybe 
they don't they're not stepping up their exercise game or whatever because that's you know that's that's a whole other um, issue and topic. But you know, guys that um, that have that type of body type still can look fabulous in clothes. I mean, I've seen them look fabulous, and I, and you did mention you know about having things custom you know custom designed or custom made for you. Um, but for some, just the average Joe that has that you know, body type, is there any um, tips that you can suggest um, to them just so they could just pull it together so they look a little bit more, uh, you know, not, I don't know if cleaner is the right word, but you know what I'm saying. It's because, I mean, I, my dad was a big dude, and when he, uh, when he dressed up, you know, he looked stunning. You didn't you didn't see the bigness, you know, you just saw, man, that dude looks good in his clothes. He looks good. But then he took the time to do stuff. And so anything that you can yeah, or anything you can suggest to those fellows out there that, you know, may not be into clothing or, you know, are down on themselves because of whatever and they just you know, what can what tips do you have that you can offer to them? Well, I see most men today, they're always in khaki pants. It's like, okay, let's try something else. There, there's tons of other slacks out there that a men can wear um, that have a nice cuff on it and maybe feet in the front. I'm talking for men over like, you know, 35 and over that they're not going to necessarily wear those like slim suits that are out there now in style for the younger generation, but somebody like a John Goodman. Um, he could wear a beautiful mock turtleneck sweater and with with a blazer and look stunning rather than a polo shirt and a pair of khaki pants. To me, it's like night and day. You're just bringing it up a level, but yet it looks so different from looking at like in the khaki pant with the polo shirt and then going into a pair of nice shoes instead of your dock side, you know, dock, dockers Oxide right. boat shoes. Get a nice pair of shoes. Get get a pair of shoes that actually look good in a neutral color that go with everything, whether it goes with gray, black, tan. Um, and then get really nice button-down shirts. Where I, you know, it seems to be the style with men wearing their shirts outside their pants. I don't particularly like it. I, I just think that's good for somebody who's younger, but not for someone who's in their late 40s or 50s. I think that it should still be tucked in. I think they should still have a blazer on over it. I mean, unless, of course, it's 100 degrees out, then, you know, obviously not. But um, even still, you can get a lightweight linen jacket to go over, you know, for the summertime. Or I've seen men wear beautiful linen pants that just look stunning, you know. But it's a matter of them taking the time out to say, okay, let me add these few items into my wardrobe so I can mix it up a little bit. And now it's almost like they wear a uniform and they get stuck in it, just like women can. You know, you could wear the same hairstyle for, you know, <laughs> your whole life from high right. school on and never change it because you're just stuck with it and that's what you're used to doing. And sometimes you're afraid of the change because you may not like what the change brings. Right. That And, and this, thank you for sharing that. Um, I, I know um, that both the men and women out there listening can appreciate it. And women, if you're listening, you obviously can pick up some, you've obviously have picked up some tips to help your man and help yourself. And men, if you're listening, you've picked up some tips to help yourself and maybe, you know, gently be able to suggest some stuff to your women, to women in your life. And Yolas, I said gently. because And hygiene. Hygiene is really important too. If men have, you know, if they're mechanics and their nails are dirty, 
you know, you're not yeah. going to want to go out and, and have your nails dirty. Like, take the time to get them clean. Go for a manicure. Don't feel like, oh, it's just for women. No, because they can help you with a really big problem. Um, making sure that they're clean and that they're trimmed and in good condition. Um, your hair, that it's clean, that it's cut, that it's not, like, growing like a wild weed out of control. Um, and if you're going to color your hair, like I know a lot of men who do color their hair with that touch of gray, Mm-hmm. Do it. If you don't feel comfortable being full, a full head of gray hair, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not like you're going to look like you know, an imitation of Elvis with right. dyed hair, but you'll have a softer look to it, and you will, you'll start to feel better about yourself. Yeah. Oh, thanks. And, um, and anything about the shaving or not shaving? I think a clean shave is really important. Now, I know that, like, the beard they're in, really big right now, but the hipsters, but that I, that's the younger crowd. I find like, sure, if you're young, and but some of the beards are just like, okay, it's a little out of control. Like if you're going to have a beard, have it well manicured beard. Don't don't make it look like a ZZ top. It, it's really not a flattering <laughs> look or Duck Dynasty, you know what I mean? It, it's a little out of control. <laughs> Where if you're yeah. going to have a beard, just make it look pretty. Right. <laughs> you know? Clean. I love that. You know. If you're not ZZ Top, I'm sorry. Those dudes are the only ones that can rock that type of stuff. And, and now Duck Dynasty guys can too. <laughs> right. You know, we're only seeing them on stage. We don't know how they eat and how they keep the food out of that stuff, right? Exactly. But, you know, they're rocking it on stage, okay? So, you know, kudos, kudos to ZZ Top because I, I do love, uh, I'm getting off track again, but I do love <laughs> Love that, but okay. So now I wanted to step in. Oh God, I, you know what? I'm just talking my head off, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we, we are time. But um, I wanna I wanna address the the color thing, um, and I know you kind of you touched on it just a little bit, and I, I just wanna just ask you this. You know, you get these people that are classically they classically wear all black or all white or you know uh, all gray or all off-white. I'm just going to stick with those colors. You know, and sometimes it looks really, really nice, and then sometimes it looks like they're in mourning. Is there anything that, especially if they're wearing the black and the gray, um, is there anything that you can, um, any words of wisdom that you can offer to people that get stuck in those those four basic colors? Well, I think it's really important for them to experiment with color. A lot of people are afraid of color, they're afraid it's going to ruin their image or something, um, especially like if they have a, a classic uh, look that they're in a job of power, for instance. Let's say they're in the banking industry or something to that effect where you have to be a little bit more professional. Um, you can always wear color. It's just you you do it to a certain degree. Now, if you're the person who is the banker, for instance, and you're always wearing navy blue or gray or black, in a beautiful shell that has a really bright and vibrant color. You can wear a fuchsia underneath. You could wear a red underneath. You can wear um, something that's even yellow or just to break out of this same routine and start to feel like, oh, okay, I can do this without bringing down my professionalism and making me feel like, okay, they're not going to take me as seriously because I'm wearing yellow blouse. Um, right. But it's very important to know your colors, and the only way you can do that is with a professional because they can show you what your colors are. You can test it out, but it's really, um, there's a science to it, and there are assessment tools that I use to show the client what their actual colors are. 
Now, everybody knows, you know, that there's, there's the cool and there's the um, summer. So, like, for instance, if your skin tones uh, have more of a pinkish undertone, then you're a cool-based skin tone. But then it also goes in the opposite. If you're more golden underneath, then you're you're warm. But then you also have things to do with the temperature and the contrast between your hair and your skin tones. See, all these things play into effect when you're wearing your, your right colors. And once you're wearing your right colors, everything you wear is going to always look great on you, and people are always going to be giving you compliments. They're going to say, oh, that's great. You look amazing. What is it? And it could be a simple blouse that you're wearing, but it's because it's the right color. It's the right fit. It's the right silhouette, the right pattern, the right fabric weight for your body type. Right. All those things play into, and go into play when it comes to color. And I remember when I worked in the eight, in the eighties, I worked in Soho in Manhattan because that's where I'm from originally, New York City. Uh-huh. And I wore black all the time, and I actually started to get really depressed. And I didn't know what it was and why I was getting depressed because I'm not a very depressive person. I'm very upbeat personality. Right. And then I realized. Someone said to me, you know, you always wear them black, but it was very artistic. It was an artistic area, and it was very creative, so I just wore it all the time. And I thought to myself, you know what? They're right. So I started reintroducing color because before that, I always wore color. And I was a dancer in theater, so I was always on the stage with costumes and very vibrant colors and makeup and all that great stuff. So when I started to reintroduce the colors, I realized the psychological effect that it had on me. I started to get more happy. I became more peaceful. I was just like, this light started shining through me that I was like, oh yeah, there she is. I forgot what happened to her. So a lot of people get stuck with that because it's safe and they feel like they can't take a risk. That's very interesting because I I had got, I mean, I love black. I mean, I love black. I love red. Okay. But I had I had a similar experience with you where I was wearing a lot of black, and I mean I was young and someone and I just wore it because I, I it was just comfortable to me and you know whatever I thought I looked good in it but and you know it made me look thinner or whatever the case may be but I had someone ask me you know an older lady she's like honey are you in mourning and I looked at her like she was crazy and I said, No, with my little sassy attitude, no, why? Always <laughs> in black and you know, and and I thought it you know, that she kinda irritated me because she was one of those kind of people anyways, but you know, I thought about what she was saying and I'm and I thought about, well yeah, you know, I'm wearing black every day and and you're right, it did have an a an effect on my mood and you know and it was it was very interesting that when I then I went to the extreme and went to white right and but it was very interesting to see how I just felt uplifted when you know it was okay Rochelle to let go of the black you know it was okay and it was just it was really really interesting um how those little subtle things we don't even, you know, know is happening is happening to us until we make a change or someone points it out and we become aware of it. I want to I wanna, um, talk about one real quick thing, and this really probably has a, more to do with women than men, but the hair color. So I recently had an experience. I'm When I was a kid, I was a toehead, and then um, and then as I got older, my hair went, it went from blonde to to Sandy, blonde, to Auburn. And I was Auburn pretty much until I had my um, last child, and then it just went dark. And so um, I started where, you know, I had was, you know, doing the, you know, the dark brown for a while. And my daughter said, Mom, you should put some blonde in your hair. So then I went <clears throat> blonde, 
and it was like, wow, I was attracting a lot of attention. That's not what I was trying to do, but it just, it was really interesting how people perceived me. And then I, you know, started playing around and, and then I was having this like light brown and with blonde streaks. And, and this gal told me when I had the image experience, she was like, oh, you need to get rid of that hair color because it limits what you can wear on the color wheel. And I looked at her, and I'm like, well, I wear everything. She goes, yeah, but you may think you're looking good and everything, but because your hair color is that color, it limits you to what you can wear. And and I was like, oh, okay. So I went dark, and this is the funny thing. I, I went black. I actually went to a black recently. And the amazing thing was that, for one, people thought I was, you know, they always think I'm young, but they thought I was way younger, or what did I do, or, you know, all of a sudden, the colors that I wore seem to be more vibrant. It's the same stuff I've been wearing, but they seem more vibrant. And I'm thinking, you know what, I guess our hair color does play a lot into what we wear and how it's projected out into the eyes of others that see us. Can you just touch a little bit about, um, just a couple minutes about hair color? And I don't think we're going to get to the shoes, you guys, so but I promise to bring her back. But can you just talk a little bit about thinking about Hair color, because I know um, a lot of people do a lot of different things with their hair, and some is good, some is bad, and some is just eh. Um, but how that affects what we wear and the colors we wear and, and what's projected to the eyes that look at us? Sure. Um, actually, I notice now that uh, the, the trend right now, so to say, is is like putting the color chalk in your hair and having like all these wild colors in your hair, um, which... Me personally, I, I I detest it. Um, I look at women, and they I've seen women in their 60s who have dyed their hair like fuchsia pink, and and I'm like, okay, there's something seriously wrong with that. Um, because you're a grandmom, and you know I wouldn't want my grandma saying like, okay, she's got this bright pink hair. There's something wrong with that. Um, but I remember experimenting myself as a teenager because I was just, like, you know, trying to figure out who I was and then, you know, trying to do different colors and things like that as well. And I'm naturally an auburn-colored hair, and I remember trying to go blonde, and I looked like a clown, like the clown. And it was, like, really scary to know that not everybody should be blonde. Um, I noticed that a lot of women go blonde um, because they're going gray, so they decide they're going to go they're going to go blonde. Um, again, it depends on your skin tones, your eye color. Um, I know I'm, I'm, I have Latin blood in me, so going blonde for me is not a good thing. It just looks fake and brassy, and it's, it doesn't accentuate anything good for me at all. Um, and I would suggest to some women that are olive skin tones to stay away from blonde because it's really not the color for you. I could see if you're fair-skinned, then you should be blonde. Um, I have a girlfriend who is, you know, very fair-skinned, beautiful blue eyes, and she's she dyes it almost like a platinum blonde, and it looks gorgeous on her. Mm. But that's not for everyone. Again, you're going to start putting colors into your hair. Stick with natural colors. Don't go with these greens and blues and pinks because, first of all, it's destroying your hair. I mean, because you're bleaching the crap out of it and then you're sticking all these other dyes into it and you have to cut it off at some point because you're going to destroy your hair. Um, It's very harsh on the hair. I would talk to a stylist and she will help you get the best colors for you, for your eye colors, for your skin colors and your skin tone. Um, But like you said, 
you can't wear certain colors and expect everything to go well with with what you wear. It they will clash. Right. And and you'll yeah. wonder why it's not working and it's because your hair is the color it shouldn't really be. I always say, What were you naturally born with? Stick to that as closely as possible. You might want to go up a level or down a level and that's fine. You might want to add a little bit of a highlight to it. That's fine. Little low lights, things like that. But when you start going full on, like a whole head of highlights, and all of a sudden you were a brunette and now you're starting to look like you're blonde, A, it destroys, it's very havoc, you know, wreaks havoc on your hair. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get it cut often, you're just going to end up with straw for hair and then you're going to have to cut it all off and you're not going to be happy with that either because if you like your long hair, you're just going to destroy it no matter how many hair masks you put in it. It's, just, it's not going to bounce back. <laughs> um, and I believe me, I've done it, so I, I, I can attest to that. But um, I think it's keeping it as natural as possible. Now, I, myself, I started getting gray when I was 19 years old, which was a pain in the butt. And, you know, if I could let it grow gray, I probably would. But I know I'm still young, and I don't want to really be all gray right now. Right. So I have to color it every three weeks or so because I have dark hair, and it shows up immediately. Right. What I try to do is I try to use, like, the least the least harsh chemicals on my hair that I can. Like, I usually do something that's ammonia-free so that it's a semi-permanent. It's not going to be as damaging because since I do color it so often. Um, I get frequent trims, trims so that you can make sure that keeping your hair healthy and do a mask every week and using, like, even if you use olive oil, it works too great. Just heat it up in the microwave for, like, three seconds and throw in an olive oil mask or mayonnaise. That works really great, too. Or avocado works really well. Just smash yeah. it up and put that in your hair. But, um, yeah, I, I would think most people should stick to their natural colors. As I said, you can go up a level if you want to lighten it a little bit, but don't go too drastic because, A, you're not going to look your most flattering because it doesn't look right because it's not what God intended for you to look like. Right. Really. I think, you know, I think he gave you the color of your hair for a specific reason because that's what works for you. Beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I, I, I just thought of that, you know, just with my experience. And, and I, I have seen some women that are gray, you know, or and they just absolutely look phenomenal. And the gal that was doing my, um, the day, my, had my image therapy day, she's gray. She's, um, but it's, it's gray and then, I don't know, white. I don't know. But she, and she's not a old, young girl. I mean, um, she's not an old lady. She's, you know, just a little bit older than me, but it looks, she looks stunning. I mean, her, her, it's beautiful, whereas for me, I'd probably look old. And when she mentioned that about the hair color, I thought, oh, and I, and I paid more attention to it. And, you know, and then just a color, simple color change in my hair, you know, even though my natural hair color is, is, is probably red because I was born fire engine redhead. Um, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's my heritage. <laughs> it's my heritage. Um you know, it just—it was just amazing the transformation, just going from the different hair colors of how I looked, how and how my clothing and the colors I wore looked upon me. Um, and gosh darn it, we're we're coming to the end of the show. I I wanted oh. to talk about shoes so bad, but I—that means I just have to bring you back for part two. But thank you for being a guest. And I want you to tell people how you know you you work with people. And I know that you know in, in our technology today. We have the capability of working with people all over the world. So if someone was listening to the show and wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that? The the best way for them to reach me right now is by email. And my email is 
Life's Necessities and Luxuries at gmail.com. And again, my name is Domery, or if you want to call me, my number is 727-858-3515. And I do do um, sessions that I can actually work with you if you're in a different state. We can do it virtually. So if that's something that they're interested in. And I also wanted to give your readers a special um, offer, actually, uh, for just your readers today. Uh, what I would no- love to give them is a discovery session, which I normally charge $97 for a 90-minute discovery session for $47. And that would be until the end of the year and the end of this month. And so if anybody's interested in doing that, please email me at lifenecessitiesandluxuries at gmail.com, and I'd be more than happy to offer you that. Okay. Um, perfect. And, uh, again, mention your phone number one more time. Sure, it's area code 727-858-3515. Okay, perfect. So, you guys out there, if you heard anything on the show today that piqued your curiosity or you want to learn more about how Dawn Marie can help you out to look fabulous and feel fabulous and what you're wearing so you don't look frumpy, dumpy, and make those fashion faux pas, um, I highly suggest that you get in contact with her. Again, her phone number is 727-858-3515. She's offering a discovery session at a discounted rate just for you listeners and just for this month. And also, you can email her at lifenecessitiesandluxuries at gmail.com. Thanks again, Don Marie, for being such a fabulous guest on today's show. It was a pleasure to have you and to talk about one of my favorite topics in the world, which is clothing and just all that that image stuff that goes with it. And hopefully the listeners out there picked up some tips, and I'm sure they did because you gave quite a bit on how they can most enhance their their clothing and what they put on and how it can be simplified and it doesn't have to be a stressful process. And if they, again, want to know more, they can feel free to get in contact with you. And for you guys out there listening, I wanted to say thank you for listening to Blissful Living. I enjoyed sharing Don Marie with you, and I know that you've learned a lot, and, and you can have the opportunity to learn more from her just by connecting with her and doing that discovery session. I am Rochelle Marie Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous, and I would like for you to tune in to next week's show. It's going to be another fabulous guest, and we're going to help you to easily transpire down your path of bliss so that you can live blissfully. I am wishing you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit, and so long for now. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.